Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns, and with me today is Pastor Paul Eastwood. Hey. How are you doing, Paul? I am good. It is December. We are full out snow on the ground, ice storm during church yesterday. We are into Advent. We are into Advent conspiracy. Um, As we get started, why don't we give just a little bit of a introduction to this Advent conspiracy thing, this thing we're going to be talking about and doing for the next four weeks. And then we'll talk a little more specifically about yesterday. Um, This is especially great. If you couldn't join us for church yesterday, uh, or if you didn't tune into the live stream, we'll, we'll give you kind of a little recap and then start digging in a bit more. Sure. So, yeah, and yeah. so uh, lots lots to unpack there, but let's just start with the Advent conspiracy itself. Um, one of the things that I said yesterday, and I just want to reiterate over and over again, this is this isn't just a four point checklist of you know how to do Christmas properly, you know, quote unquote. It's not even a formula or a system to sort of say, okay, how do you make your Christmas more meaningful? None of this is really the point. The point is we want to enter into this season wanting to reflect on the story of the most amazing moment when God entered the world to make things right. And this is the greatest story ever told. And so we want to actively engage with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ways I look, I talked about it is that we're not, we're not going to be bystanders this year, sort of watching it from afar or, you know, kind of giving some sort of simplistic nod to it with a bumper sticker that says Jesus is the reason for the season or, you know, setting up our nativity scene. It's not just about kind of this, this general sort of, okay, yeah, that's also going on. Mm-hmm. It's about actively engaging in the story because the story is ultimately not just about Mary and Joseph. It's not just about the shepherds and the you know wise men, all the other different characters that, that enter into the story. It's about you and me. Mm-hmm. It's about us. Uh, because when Jesus entered into this world, it changed everything for us. Yeah. Um, and so... This is, I think this is a really important way for us to, to think about Christmas is that we're going to move into the story as the participants that we actually are and allow it to change us, allow it to make a difference in the way that we celebrate Christmas um, and in the way that we just uh, approach this season as a whole. Yeah, uh, I'm, I love this, super excited by it. One of the ways, so we're, we're diving into this thing called Advent Conspiracy and we've, as a staff, as leadership of the church, have tried to kind of clear a few things away and, and simplify some of our asks for this year. So we've got kind of two parts to this Advent conspiracy ask. And the, the weeks we, we just went through worship fully, um, spend less, give more, love all, we, we've got coming up. And, and we think that this is really what the season is about. Um, but, but the two asks, one's global and then one's kind of local and personal. Can you unpack those for us? Yeah, well, let me start with the global one is really about challenging people to not just donate to a, an organization or someone that's doing good things, but to actually allow this this global initiative to be a part of this conspir this cons- this conspiring that we do, mm-hmm. in the sense that that we uh, commit to spending a little less on gifts this year and actually giving more by uh, redirecting some things towards what actually has l- lasting impact. Yeah. And so what we decided this year is that we're going to connect with something called Youth Works, uh, and it is with uh, World Vision and. Uh, what we're we're going to be uh, connecting with them in the country of Kenya. Hmm. Um, Kenya is one of Africans' most vibrant economies, which is uh, really cool. It also has one of the world's youngest populations. Hmm. Um, there are sixty percent of the population is under twenty five years of of age. and And what we know is that as the 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 workforce expands and the need for quality education becomes imperative because the the, the demands and skills of a knowledge-based economy are changing in that country. Yeah. And so it's making it so that this post-secondary education is so key, and yet very few um, individuals go through post-secondary education. And so there's a, 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 there is a gap that, um, that World Vision had noticed. 
and um, and recognizing that they needed to step into this. I think they they state that only three percent graduate for from post secondary school of wow. all the kids um, yeah. in, in that age, and so the solution is really to invest in high potential youths uh, to pursue post secondary education and subsequently employment. And and so they they have this idea that they want to identify student, students and work with them in the process, uh, connect with them regularly, and uh, help them get through post-secondary education, three years, and then into employment. And one of the neat things about this project is that there's a bit of a give back that happens. Hmm. So once these students uh, find their employment, they actually give back a percentage of uh, their earnings back into the program to uh, perpetuate, to, to allow it to kind of just kind of keep cycling through and, yeah. and allow more students to go through. <clears throat> and what that means is that because it's self-funding, that 100% of the money that's raised, uh, that we will raise through this season of Advent, is going to go directly to these students. Nice. And so uh, we're pretty excited about this. As I said, there's uh, there's the financial side of it in terms of helping them get through the, the school system. But there's also non-financial support in terms of, you know, life skill, training skills, mentorship, you know, peer networks, uh, program counselors. So mm-hmm. they have a really robust program that's going to help students make their way through post-secondary education. Yep. And what we know is it takes about $4,300 to have uh, one student go for three years. And so as a church, you know, when we we saw this as an opportunity, we were thinking, mm-hmm. man, how many students can we put through education um, in Kenya, post-secondary education? This is a pretty exciting thing to be involved with. Yeah. So, so we're looking forward to that. So the, I mean, the ask is essentially redirect some of your spending on gifts that people probably don't need, you know, old Navy gift cards to fill your closet with more clothes that you may end up giving away within six months. Instead of that, um, you know, do something personal and take the money you would have spent there and give it to this project. Yeah. Um, And we as a church are collecting that how. Yeah, so we're going to collect it all the way through the month of December. You can do that online. You can also do that with an envelope that we handed out this last week, and Mm -hmm. it'll be available again this week that you can pick up. Um, And... You can give any time during the month, but what we are going to do is that our three Christmas Eve services, we're going to take up an offering, and and 100% of that offering will go directly to this initiative. And I would say as well, this doesn't have to end with with just the people who are listening to this or the people who are going to say, okay, I'm going to participate in this. Um, This is something that we can sort of stretch out into the communities that we find ourselves. So friends, neighbors, coworkers, you know, we can have that conversation where we say, look, you know, we're trying to do things a little differently this year. You know, been thinking about the craziness of Christmas and we're saying, hey, you know, what if we actually put our money towards things that really mattered uh, long term that made a difference? And we can also share that in our lives, Jesus is is absolutely at the center of this of this season, and it reminds us of what He did for us. And so, all we can do is respond by doing for others. And so, it gives people a chance. We we have some cards that we handed out, mm-hmm. and you can give those to your friends and neighbors. And I think you'd be surprised how many people are willing to contribute and be a part of this and conspire with us to sort of work against all the craziness of Christmas, mm-hmm. and to you know boil it down to a few simple ideas about what Christmas is truly all. About. About. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the one, the one big ask This global, right. we're going to give money towards it. But the truth is most of us won't ever see this impact up close and personal, right? We're, we're not planning a trip to Kenya. It's great and we know it, but if, if Christmas is all about presence, like God being with us, what, what's the side of it that kind of affects our day-to-day lives a little more? What are we, what are we asking people to engage in here? Yeah, and so we've, as you mentioned earlier, we sort of cleared the decks with some of the initiatives that we often do at Christmas um, that are good things. Uh, Listen, there are lots of places that you can get involved if you want to connect with other organizations that are doing good things around this time of year. For sure. 
Um, but for us, we said, let's clear the decks so that we can be entirely present in our in the relationships that we have around us. Mm. That we would just think about the people that are around us and their needs and actually take steps to meet those needs. And so we started talking about this idea of service. And this is one of our, our big questions that we're asking, you know, am I serving the people I see regularly in costly and uh, personal ways? And so we want to be doing this more and thinking about ways to um, uh, to really engage in this by by serving the people around us. And so we're looking for people to think about acts of service um, that are going to you know get us thinking about other people. And some of them might be just very simple, um, but impactful. Like yeah. we have some ideas. Right? Yeah. So let me. We've we're actually going to publish a list because I know it's hard to think of these things on the fly. So we, we've got some ideas. But let me just give you a couple now. Um, shovel your neighbor's sidewalk and driveway, but don't stop there. Cause that's, you know, that's nice. It's appreciated on a day like today when there's a dusting of snow, but then get your snow brush out and brush their car off. Um, it, why don't you write a note to your coworkers, specifically thanking them and appreciating them for something. We, you know, we do our best to do this, but, but to actually receive a handwritten note or get a letter in the mail these days, there's something really special and important about that. Um, I mean, next weekend, we've got this great opportunity called the Chaos of Christmas. We've, we've, it's a great night of music and laughter. Um, invite some friends, some colleagues, some neighbors out to that, and then invite them over to your place after just to mm-hmm. chat and to share a hot chocolate or something. Uh, again, kind of be with people, spend time with them, invest in them in, in ways that are personal and costly. We know the, the busiest the, the hardest thing about this season, season for most is that it's busy, right? There's, there's not a lot of time. So what would it look like for us to choose to take more of our time and invest it in people who don't know the love of Jesus, who yeah. don't understand why this is the season for this? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots more examples coming, but yeah, I tons mean, of even things. and this week we're gonna, the family serve event. Uh, yeah. Our families are getting together to put together some you know teacher gifts that uh, will you know be thoughtful, but also will include a, a donation to the Youth Works program. Yeah, you know it's it's really neat because you know you, you mentioned something about the card. You know, I think oftentimes the way that things happen in my life is if I have. It's like, oh, I got to get something for, you know, like, you know, my te- the kids' teachers. We got to go out and grab a gift card for the crossing guard. You know, we got to get like, it's like, oh, we got to do all these gifts. We got to do all these gifts. Sitting down to actually write a note to one of those people mm-hmm. is actually far more meaningful for the person that's going to receive that. Yeah. And it takes us outside of ourselves and it, it makes that crossing guard, for instance, less of a, you know, checkbox or a person on a list mm-hmm. and more of a an impactful person that makes a difference in your life. Yeah. And, and so it, it gives us the chance to think differently about the people around us. And it, it helps us to see, I think in many ways with the eyes of Jesus, the way that he sees the world, yeah. um, you know, just people person by person, not just, you know, a, a big mass of humanity. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've actually got a pretty cool way of tying these two things, the global and the local together. So we've got these cards that, that say a donation has been made on your behalf, kind of in lieu of me getting you another mug that you don't really need. Um, we're supporting this project in Kenya and we really appreciate you, you know, yeah. put, put one of those in a handwritten card to someone. Um, and yeah, this is, this is what the season is all about. The other I thing I'm going to say, I'm going to do a pitch for you, Paul. Um, mm-hmm. you are embarking on a fun little experiment this season that you started yesterday. Uh, there's a blog up on the church website, but if you were on Instagram, go follow Paul M Eastwood and he's doing this thing, which we're, we're hashtagging with 25 presence, but right. P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, right? Yeah. Like being yeah. with someone. Uh, and Paul, you are experimenting for the next 25 days of, of yeah. intentionally once a day, finding some way to 
to yeah. engage in this costly and personal act of service. Yeah. Um, you started yesterday. Do you have an idea what you're doing today? <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. It, it changes the way you think about the things that are around you because all of a sudden it's like, wait, I've got to do, I've got to do an act of service today and I've got to think about this and what is it going to be? And so I was sitting waiting in a waiting room this morning and I was thinking, oh, wait, maybe I should, you know, reorganize the, uh, the magazines on the, on the waiting room table or, you know, whatever. I'm thinking about all these different things. Um, but the one thing that I, that I've noticed right away, and, and first of all, I think, you know, I have to, I have to, it's, it's difficult to talk about something like this that you're engaged in because, you know, there is some kind of a sort of a self-serving kind of aspect to it. I don't know how else to describe it, but that's interesting to me because I think at this stage, as I'm just getting started, um, it is very project oriented. I'm really Mm -hmm. just thinking about what can I do next? What can I do next? Um, I expect that through this process, things may change, but Mm. Um, you know, in terms of the way that I look at it. But one thing I have noticed right away is that when we go out of our way to serve people, it takes us out of our own rhythms and requires us to do things differently. Yeah. So for me, for instance, I come early on Sunday mornings and I'm usually the first one here in the building. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just really appreciate that time. I have a very specific way I, you know, leave the house, go to the Tim Hortons, get, you know, all my, everything is like always the same, the same, the same. And um, uh, the on Sunday morning, I wanted to do something different for the tech teams and the people that were setting up in the morning. And so I had to, you know, go in later. I had to yeah. wait around a little longer. I, I had to beat you to the church on Sunday. It was crazy. <laughs> you did, <laughs> but you have, but you, it forces you to change your habits. Hmm. And and I think the tension that I felt was something that I think is really valuable for us. Because when we really think about other people in costly ways, it actually requires us to give something up. Yeah. And I think I think that when we are giving something up in order to serve other people, that's when it becomes more meaningful and it reminds us of the way that Jesus served us. Yeah. And this is a great transition for us. One of the things you talked about yesterday in the sermon, I just loved it. You challenged us to look at our Christmas traditions, and we've all got them. This is the time of year where we've got these things, these patterns, these habits, these things we do with our family or friends or ways we set up things, and look at them and ask ourselves, are they really pointing to what this season is about? Um, are they really pointing to Jesus and the good news of the gospel? And if they're not, how can we rethink them? How can we tweak them? How can we maybe scrap a couple of them and, and invite yep. new ones in? So let's I mean, this is a great challenge. You admit it. It's really hard. It's, you know, yeah. we're not asking people to cancel Christmas and to, you know, only go live at the food bank for the next 25 days. I mean, if that's what God's calling you to, fantastic. But for most of us, we think this change looks slow and intentional and thoughtful and difficult. You talked about tuning in. Mm-hmm. So so let's talk a little bit about Christmas traditions. Let's use you and I as some examples. Yeah. So, um why don't you start? Give, give me what, what, what's a Christmas tradition that you, you have done, or I don't know if you've started thinking about this yet, something yeah. that you do and, and how can we reimagine that? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of our Christmas traditions is, is, um, has to do with Christmas pajamas. We, we always get, you know, new pajamas at Christmas yeah. and, uh, and as a family, we, we open those presents the night before and then the next morning we're wearing the pajamas to, you know, kind of come down to the Christmas tree. And um, we, along with that sort of like, you know, sort of morning experiences, we have breakfast and we mm-hmm. have the same breakfast, 
but we always have it, our breakfast as a family first. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have my uh, in-laws and my own immediate family relatively close. They're nearby, they can, yeah. within driving distance. And so what that means at Christmas is that it used to be very uh, active for us. We drive all over the place, sure. uh, go into Toronto and then out to Oakville and then all over the place. And But what we decided as a family is that we were going to stay home first and just spend time together. Mm. And so it's just a simple tradition. And I would say that it sort of falls in the middle. It's not really something that, you know, completely distracts us from what Christmas is all about. It's also not something that really drives us towards a better understanding of Jesus and a, and a better, you know, opportunity to worship him. Yeah. So, so I think one of the ways that I could tweak that is to, you know, to take that time that we spend together as a family and be really intentional about putting that before God. And, you know, at least at that point in the year, we can actually sit and pray together about our family and about what God has in store for us for the mm. new year. And essentially recommitting our family and what we do to the activity of Jesus for the rest of the year. I mean, it would be kind of a small thing that we could do, but it would not be an opportunity to take sort of a, you know, a silly tradition mm-hmm. or, a, or a, not a silly, but a, just a, 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 a less meaning uh, weighty, yeah. you know, thing and actually driving it back to, okay, is, does this help me worship Jesus more? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you can't get Christmas pajamas anymore. No, it just means how can we reimagine? I, so, um, my wife and I used to joke that our Christmas traditions for the first nine years of our marriage was not spending time with family. We lived in right. Western Canada. All of our family was out here, um, which made for some lonely Christmases and made for some challenging Christmases, but also actually made for some really beautiful reminders of what Christmas was about because we had a number of times, a couple of different families who invited us in. Um, and it was more than just, hey, why don't you come over for you know, evening snacks or something. They they invited us to come and to stay at their house on Christmas Eve and to spend the entire Christmas day with them, do Christmas dinner, do presents in the morning. Um, and that for us, now that we're back close to family and we love it, we, we're busy, we're same as you guys, we, we're driving around, but we try um, and we probably need to do a better job making this a, a better ritual or tradition, but we try to invite, find and invite someone who doesn't have family around into some part of our Christmas celebration. Um, last year we had someone, my, my parents host uh, Christmas Eve dinner after we're all done services here. So I, I said, hey, we're gonna come. We're also bringing someone, hope that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were very gracious <laughs> nice. in allowing us to do that. But just that, this idea that it's about inviting in others and this, uh, yeah, I mean, Christmas is both this beautiful time of family and people we love. And for so many, it's a time of realizing they don't have that. Yep. So how do we, how do, we do that more? Yeah. Um, how do we invite people in? So that, I mean, that, as I'm thinking, as I'm hearing you, that's one that's coming to mind for me. Yeah, that's a really good one. That's a good one for sure. Yeah, I, th- I, I think for us, the, the, the big idea that I wanted to get across on Sunday was the idea that there's a lot of noise that accompanies yeah. Christmas. And some of it's good. I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that all of it's bad. But there's a lot of static, and that comes in the shopping and the, in the lists and the busyness and the running around and the one more and the I got to get this and all those kind of activities that are, that are happening. And so that, that to me, um, you know, I don't want to just sort of, you know, um, you know, sort of brush it under the rug and say, well, it's just something, it's, it's, it's static, it's noise. I mean, some of those things are meaningful. 
but they are a distraction. And so in that way, they do become noise in a way. And so what I suggested was that you basically have three options. You can either just kind of live with it and sort of hope that you maybe catch a glimpse of Jesus through the midst of all the the static and the noise, Mm -hmm. Uh, or you can just tune it out and just say, forget it. I'm not dealing with any of it. And you plug your ears and you go, you know, until you just can't, um, or you tune in. And, and that was the encouragement on Sunday is that we take whatever, do whatever we can to tune in, to the incredible story that was told. And, you know, that's a way that a really important way to take our traditions and, and keep directing them back to Jesus. Yeah. And I love the, the image that you gave was your, your old apartment and holding the TV antenna out right. on the balcony while it's snowing. And yeah. um, if you're generation Z and have no idea what a TV antenna is, yeah. ask your grandparents. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and I was this- driving in the car the other day, actually, and we were driving a little further North and the radio kind of had some static to it. Cause we were yeah. just kind of outside of the city limits sort of thing. Yeah. And my son's like, what's that? <laughs> well, oh, son, that's, that's, uh, that's static. And that's... Uh, it used to be a lot more of it, but technology not working well, but, but I think it's a, uh, what I love about this is this idea of tuning in. It's not um, it's not click. You're in right. It's not right. you're done. If you're holding a TV antenna, you're you're trying it out. You're yeah. you know you do something and oh no that actually made it worse. Yeah. And that's I feel like that's what our journey is like, right? Totally. With our families and with ourselves, we're like let's try this. Oh that was disastrous. Yeah. That didn't help. But but the key is to keep going. Yeah. And to keep getting it better. And it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. Um, but it is so worth this attempt to tune in and to really get back to what the season is about. And again, this uh, this language of conspiracy. Um, I know it's it's a little foreign, it's a little weird. And but this idea that we're we're fighting against um, these dominant cultural narratives of consume more and make it about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, it's 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 all about you. And and really, it's not. We believe because of Jesus that it's not. Um, and that's why this is an Advent conspiracy. The season of preparing for Jesus' coming is a conspiracy. We together as a community can make waves just by being present, by being generous, by by loving people. Um, yeah. So I'm so excited to hear more from you in yeah. the coming weeks. Any Anything you want to give us? Yeah, just the last thing I would say is that the story, the story from Luke chapter two that we know really well is a powerful story. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage you at some point to open up your Bible and read that story again. And yeah. it may be for you that you read it right before you open your presence, um, or maybe for you, you're just going to read it this week. But, you know, take a moment, take some calm and allow that calm, um, sort of the calm before the storm, mm. um, allow allow the reading of that story to be the calm before the storm that actually changes our perspective of the storm. Yeah, I love that. Well, thanks, Paul. Uh, We are out of time. We are excited to do this again next week. Uh, And if you haven't yet, go get your tickets for Chaos at Christmas. It's going to be a great time, but make sure you don't just get them for you and your family. Invite some friends, invite some neighbors, spend some time with people. We'll talk to you next week. 